and welcome back to Hot Off the Pod. I'm your co-host, Harper Lambert. And I'm Melanie Zement. Today, we are going to be talking about a really cool program that is run through the UCSB library, which is called UCSB Reads. The program selects a book each year to be incorporated into UCSB curriculum through a series of events and courses. This year's book is When They Call You a Terrorist, a Black Lives Matter memoir by Asha Bondell and one of the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, Patrice Cullors. Published in 2019, the memoir has garnered high praise from critics and readers alike for its unflinching account of the Black experience in America and how one woman's lived experience helped spark a global movement. Today, our guest is UCSB alumnus Lupita Berrigan, who graduated in 2020 and now works as part of UCSB Reads program to lead conversations with students about the book. Welcome, Lupita. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for having me. So let's start off with a little bit of intro into how the program works. Can you walk us through some of the basics and how When They Call You a Terrorist became the book selection this year? So the UCSB Reads is a program that is led by the UCSB Library, and it is supported by different departments, organizations, and individuals on campus. Black Lives Matter was selected because the committee felt like it was a great time, especially in this moment following the death of George Floyd. Uh, They felt that it was the right book for us all to discuss collectively. And what specifically got you involved with the UCSB Reads program? I had a couple of professors reach out to me. Uh, They know how excited I I get about discussing books, not just in class, but I would always be in office hours talking about books. And originally they told me I only had to do two meetings. We would be, they gave us a list that had, it was the short list, which is what the UCSB Reads program does. They select about six different books. And then from there, they shorten it to one. And that's the book that gets selected for the year. So when I started, my group actually went through the whole shortlist. We read through all, one of them is a podcast, but the other, we read the other five books as well and we discussed them together. And afterwards, I, they said, would you be interested in doing it again? And it was such a great experience that I've just stuck around and we've continued to discuss together. So as a facilitator, what exactly does your role look like? I actually am just in charge of sending out emails to everybody, making sure that the room is open, but mostly I'm just another member of the group. Other than um, doing all of the logistical things, I tend to just stress that it is a conversation that we're all having together. I try to do my best so that it doesn't feel like another class and it feels more social, especially because right now with the current pandemic, there's so many limited opportunities for different students to talk to each other in a relaxed setting. I think we talk a lot about how we miss those moments after class where you would, you know, walk up to someone and say, hey, that was really cool what you said, or, you know, you just strike up conversations. And this is a really good way to navigate around that. We get to talk about books that we're all interested in, but we do it without the pressures of trying to sound smart because we're in class. Or, you know, if we didn't finish, we are just honest, like, you know what, I didn't have time to finish the book this week, but this is what I did read, which is really nice. It's really nice to be able to talk to different people, especially because our group tends to be very interdisciplinary. We do have English majors, but we also have, we've had philosophy majors, we have a bio major, Uh, there's somebody who is a sociology major. So it's really cool to just be able to talk from our different areas of expertise. 
So how do students get involved in these groups and become part of these conversations? I believe that UCSB Read sends out emails. Uh, it gets posted in different areas. But what I try to do is ask a lot of the professors to talk about when, because I'm only one of the groups, there's different meeting times or different days. And obviously everybody's schedule looks different. So I think uh, one of those big roles as a professor is just getting the word out there. I know that I get emails too, inviting me and I'm like, oh, okay, that's good because it means that other people are getting these emails. And um, I, they reach back out to the librarian and they get referred to me if they want to be in. So my time slot is Fridays at five. So whoever that works for, that's where they come. I believe I'm the only one that's still going right now, though. I think our group is the one that's still going. And there's going to be a new one, a new iteration starting in the summer. When They Call You a Terrorist is a deeply personal memoir about Patrice Cullors' upbringing and about her firsthand experiences with poverty and racism. So I'm wondering, how do you approach these topics, especially with students who may not personally relate to these experiences? We actually do talk about that a lot because a lot of us don't have the same shared experiences that a lot of these books cover, and they're very heavy topics, especially this time where we discuss six different books on a podcast about these very important racial issues that are going on. And we ask those questions a lot of the time, like, am I allowed to talk about this? Is it okay for me to say that? I don't know how to say that, which is a lot of the thoughts that I think we have in class sometimes when we're discussing important material, but we don't have a professor there to help us navigate. So I think in the very beginning, we did have a conversation about how important it was just to be respectful and open and understanding that we're all here trying to learn and trying to express ourselves. And I think that we are, we just keep that in mind. We stay respectful, we stay kind and we're patient with each other, which really leads to these great conversations. I don't think we faced any problems. Um, I wasn't, I was ready. I, I got myself ready to say, okay, um, how do I approach this? I want to be a professor eventually. So I know that eventually I will be in a setting where I will have to, um, you know, I'm sure something will happen at some point and I'll need to know how to navigate that. But nothing has happened so far. I think most of the people that join these clubs are really looking to learn themselves. And I think that that's why it's so successful. We all come in open and wanting to be, become aware of these issues that are happening. And we all have some interest in literature because to sign up for <laughs> uh, bi-weekly meetings of reading books on top of all the books we're already mm -hmm. reading for classes is definitely a commitment. So I think that it's just the openness and the knowing that, you know, we all wanna be there. We all wanna be respectful that has, we haven't had issues thus far. Do they just send you in to lead these discussions however you want or is there some sort of a training process involved and you have to sort of plan a lot ahead of time? The UCSB Reads program was very supportive in that they sent us a lot of resources. Uh, so when I first got involved, I think it was different again because of the current situation. There wasn't any in-person meetings or I couldn't go to an office somewhere and say, hey, how do I do this? <laughs> I am involved in other book clubs, so I kind of already knew how to navigate. And I think that now they're trying to have people co-lead, which I think is also good because you have two people who have different areas of expertise who can jump in, you know, they can help each other if they need to. In my case, uh, in the beginning, I 
was sent a lot of resources, a lot of different things to read, not just about the books themselves, but also about how I could lead a book club, how to stress the being respectful part, how to just navigate through these difficult conversations together. And that was really helpful. I also did some of my own research. I spoke to different professors that, you know, I I keep in contact with and just said, I don't know how to lead a book club. And they said, of course you do. You do it all the time. I was like, okay, I'm down. But it's been been a great experience. Um, I really love it. I just started a different book club on campus as well. That is um, a medical humanities book club. And it's a different, it's a, it's another interdisciplinary with very important topics going on, going along with what we're dealing with today. So yeah, I, I think I just jump in and hope for the best, but being prepared um, as I do that. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but you know, obviously there's there with the Black Lives Matter protest that happened this past year. Was that kind of a contributing factor in choosing this book for the program? Yeah, the UCSB Reads Committee felt that because of the, that it was the largest civil rights movement as of late, that it was really important for us as students to discuss that together. And this was just a great outlet to do that because we aren't in class. We don't have those same conversations with students and professors. Uh, I think it was a really good move so that we had that common book to discuss together, something to say, hey, it it definitely helps to start a conversation because it's difficult to start those conversations as it is, let alone now when we're not in person, you know, we don't engage with each other as much. But if we have this book in common and they're promoting these different communities of readers that you can join, it definitely gets a conversation started. I think people are definitely looking for an outlet to discuss these problems, especially considering how many more instances of police brutality against Black people there have been since even last summer. And especially outside of, you know, social media, which has its own problems as a discussion forum, and then as the classroom itself, which you mentioned can be sort of an intimidating environment sometimes. So I think this is such a cool alternative option. I was going to add, in past years, has the program also sought to feature books that talk about specific communities and identities or maybe current events or things like that? This is the 15th year that they've done it. I've been a part of it this year, but the past year I did read for a couple of my classes, the UCSB Reads book, which was Elizabeth Rush's Rising, uh, which talked about climate change and the communities that are being affected by the different changes that are happening as a result of these big corporations polluting, you know, and and all of the things that we do to contribute to that, thinking that it's not affecting anyone now, when in reality, there's a whole community of people that it's already affecting. So they definitely do make it a point to address these things that are so important. And I think as students looking forward and wanting to find a place where we want to contribute, this is a great way to do it because we're not always aware. I know that we actually discussed that book as well. One of our, my former professors donated books for the book club to continue reading. So we read Rising this year. And it was a great discussion because obviously there's that social justice also relates to the, cli- the issues with climate change and the people that are having to deal with this now are part of these marginalized communities. So I think that they do a great job 
of bringing in these very important topics for us to discuss together. So moving on to the book itself and, you know, indulging your English major for a bit, I wanted to ask what was your first impression of the novel and what about it resonated with you? I think the fact that we feel like activists and these amazing people that start movements as powerful as the Black Lives Matter, we tend to think of them as like these larger than life people that it's like that, that is someone who is extra extraordinary. And of course she is. But at the same time, you're reading her memoir and she's a kid who has issues that we have. (laughs) She's struggling with family problems and she's struggling with all of these things that are happening to her personally. And it was so powerful to read this book by someone who is young and is, is also trying to navigate her own life, but is still going out there and making these different things happen. And to see that power of community to see what communities can go out there and do and mobilize. I think that that was really powerful, not just for me, but for a lot of the people in the club. We talked about that a lot, about how, wow, she's so young. <laughs> I can't believe she's so young. I think we said that at least 50 times. We were like, she, she's amazing. But she also just did what she felt she had to do. And I think that that speaks a lot to how, that we also have that power to do what we feel is right. I absolutely loved reading this book as well. And when I first sat down to read it, I was just reading it for fun. But then actually later into winter quarter, it became an assigned reading for one of my comm courses. And I think that, you know, reading it the first time as just an interested student who wanted to learn more really gave me a different lens than when I read it the second time when I was kind of trying to pick out pieces that I could use in a research paper for a course. And I think it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, how having these discussions as not a class-based program really changes the way that students can, can engage with the book. And I wonder whether you've had students say the same thing in your discussion group. Definitely. I did ask my group this Friday when we met, I was like, what do you guys think makes this group so successful like why do you think it's been working so well and one of the biggest things that I thought I was like wow that's so true is the fact that we all feel like it's it's an open space we can just talk and by that I mean we can just say like this character made me so mad and just rant a little bit which is maybe something you wouldn't do in a class when you're having a discussion about a book but it's really great to be able to have those moments with peers that you may not have necessarily come across because we're not we're not in a in a class together or anything like that we're just coming together because we're choosing to read the same book and talk about it and i think that that being able to read it freely and just pick out the interests that you know pop up to us individually like a character making us mad or sometimes we will spend you know, 10 minutes talking about the title and just bouncing off ideas of each other. It's just so fun. Honestly, it's just like a great experience, I think, uh, to anybody who enjoys reading. I would say to the pacing of it, like, I really liked that when I could read it for fun, I could sit with some of the more uncomfortable scenes in the book and just think like, wow, I have never had an experience like this. And, you know, take my time kind of thinking through 
the conversations that are happening in the book versus sometimes I think, especially as an English major, we're reading so many books that you don't really get the time to digest what's going on. It's just get through to the next page. (laughs) So I think that that was something I really appreciated as well. This reminds me something that both of you sort of brought up is that this book in a way I feel like almost inspires you to have emotional reactions and just to react freely and have conversations about how some of these things make you feel. And I feel like that is why this is such a good choice for a program like UCSB Reads. Of course, it could be read in a classroom context and you could pick apart the form and the themes and do sort of this very structured analysis, but it's also so current. Not only was the book written just a year or two ago, but it's also touching on things that are happening to people every day in this contemporary moment. And I feel like it really lends itself to some of those more personal discussions and talking about the parallels that people find to their lives or to what they're seeing in the media in this book. And I think also it serves as a really good foundation because what ended up happening after we read that book together is we wanted to keep meeting. So I said, okay, so with the, with, you know, this foundation of this amazing book and all of the things we've discussed and keeping social justice as a theme in mind, let's all come up with a list of books that we want to read and maybe haven't made the time where, you know, sometimes we have a lot going on. So we want to do things and we don't, but it's a little bit different when you are meeting with people regularly and you know that you're going to go in there and have someone to talk to. And these are people that are just fun to bounce ideas off of, which is great. Uh, So we came up with a list together and then we voted about what books we wanted to read, which is also, it, it was great because I think everybody appreciated having that sort of input into what we were reading. It's something that we can't do in a class. You know, we have a syllabus and that's what we go off of. So for instance, on Friday, we read Beloved, and it was great because some of, some of the members had read it in class, but it was a very different discussion than what, you know, was said in class, and it's just such an open place to be able to say, I was so lost for half the book, <laughs> and the other people can kind of help, you know, guide you, which is amazing. It was just, it's so fun. I can't stop, you know, it's just been such a great experience for me. You mentioned that you've had a lot of discussions about the title when they call you a terrorist. And I just wanted to ask what you think that means, what you take from that title. I remember when we discussed the title, we zeroed in a lot on the word they. In the title, we talked about how there had to be an opposition because it's they and who is they that automatically puts someone else that isn't a part of you Then we talked about the word terrorist. We zeroed in on every word in the title. But the most interesting one to us was they, because it's like when you feel someone is in opposition to you, there's like that automatic response of being on the defensive, of having to feel like you're fighting for something, uh, which we thought was so interesting. I think that certainly resonates with the themes that are brought up in the rest of the novel as well. Yeah, no, I was just going to add that I've seen in interviews that Patrice Kohlers talks a lot about what it means for the organization, for this social justice movement to be labeled by elected officials, a terrorist organization, and then 
also what that means on a personal level. And I really think that that is the amazing thing that this novel does is it takes it from this big level of like this global movement all the way down to how it feels to just be an individual who's fighting for your community to be labeled like an enemy of the people. And then also now you reminded me of the other thing we talked about the title is that she didn't call it when they called me a terrorist. She called it when they call you a terrorist. So she put you in that place. That word terrorist is so heavy. And to think of it as if they were to call me that, we talked about that a lot, about how she really set it up so that you could put yourself in those shoes for a bit and how it would make you feel. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that stands out to me is that Obviously, the book focuses a ton about the Black experience in America and police brutality, but it's incredibly intersectional as well. And I think that it really resonates with a lot of people because it is truly representative of what most communities look like in this country. And it also, you know, discusses mental health and all those sorts of things. So I think that it covers a lot of bases and allows people to put themselves, like you said, into the position of the narrator. So on May 12th, uh, UCSB Reads is hosting a virtual event in which Patrice Cullors will be discussing the book with Dr. Tinsley, who is a UCSB professor of Black Studies. What are you most looking forward to about hearing from Patrice Cullors in person? It's always really exciting to, you know, you get to know these authors through their work. You get to see their writing, but then when you get to hear them talk, and you hear like their responses to some of the questions that you may have had. Because I know we come up with a lot of questions in, in the group that it's like, oh, what about this? And of course we attempt to answer them for each other, but we don't actually know. So I'm just really excited to get to hear from her, to get to hear actually what she was thinking and to just add to that because that book was already so multi-layered and I took so much from it, but I'm really excited to hear her just address some of the things that I'm still wondering about. Mal, is there something that you're specifically excited about the event? I'm kind of fangirling. I feel like (laughs) I know that I do this like as you know someone who reads a lot of books I do this with every single author it feels like but truly I think that I came out of it rethinking a lot of the ways that I have thought about the recent Black Lives Matter movement and I think that It's definitely an important read, but not only that, I think it's a great narrative. It's also very engaging. It's not heavy as in dense. And so you can kind of work your way through it. And um, I really appreciate when tough subjects can be approached in that way. So I'm just fangirling. I'm excited to just sit there and, and listen to what everyone has to say. Yeah, I think for me, I'm really interested to hear about what has changed or hasn't changed in her work since this book was published, because she's in the unique position of having published a memoir while very much still living her life and being in like the middle of a pretty robust career. So I think that'll be interesting. And also, yeah, we, I, I grew up in the same area as her. So getting to read this book through the lens of such a different experience has been super eye-opening and I'm excited to hear her expand on that. I think it's easy to forget that this book came out even before, I mean, it was, she finishes 
talking about the election of Donald Trump. So this is before I think some of the events that we would associate with the themes brought up in this book. And so, yeah, I agree. I think it would be interesting to hear her perspective on on things because we don't really get that from this memoir. Totally. Well, Lupita, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a wonderful discussion between a couple of English majors. UCSB Reads sounds like such a unique program, and I really hope that more people get involved. Do you know where they can go if they want to perhaps join one of these book clubs? Definitely. I would look into the UCSB library site. I know that they have that there. They can also email me if they would like (laughs) to have more information about different times. I could definitely point them in the direction of a great book club. Um, And also, I would like to say before we finish, the UCSB Reads shortlist is on the website. And if you liked this particular book, the other five ones that were selected are great. And what I really liked about it is that while memoirs are awesome, they don't resonate with everybody. And I think the UCSB Reads Committee did a great job of picking different genres that all addressed the same issues, which was amazing. There was a poetry book in there. There was uh, a sci-fi. And all of those were so exciting to talk about just because the genre drastically changes the way that these topics were approached. So definitely check that out as well. Awesome. And to register for the virtual discussion between Patrice Kohler's and Dr. Tinsley happening on May 12th, you can reserve a ticket on the Arts and Lectures website at artsandlectures.ucsb.edu. And the event is free and open to the public. So I hope everybody can go. Thank you so much, Lupita, for joining us. We've all really enjoyed, I'm sure, geeking out over this book a little bit. (laughs) Thank you. Likewise. Here are some other hot headlines from the Daily Nexus. Opinion staff writer Taylor Clark argues that UCSB should be allocating more of the funds it received from the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act towards direct financial support for students. On May 3rd, UCSB students and staff members participated in a work stoppage in support of the abolitionist movement Cops Off Campus. In addition to advocating for alternatives to policing, participants pledged their solidarity with the indigenous land back movement. Check out the Daily Nexus's Arts Week section for the top tracks of April, with Little Naz X's Montero and Eureka's Insomnia making the cut. Special thanks to our guests, Lupita Berrigan, and to the rest of the Hot Off the Pod team, Emily Kosis, Josh and Manti, and Tony Schindler-Rubert. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check us out on Instagram and Twitter. See you next time.